Welcome to the Independent Oxford podcast sponsored by Story 94. I'm Rosie, and along with my indie partner Anna, we run Independent Oxford, which is a community that supports and champions independent businesses in Oxfordshire. In this series, I'll be guiding you through some of Oxfordshire's best indie journeys and adventures, and I hope you'll join me for the ride. On the Indie Oxford podcast today, I'm joined by Julie from Neves Bees. Hi, Julie. Hi, Rosie. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Totally good. Um, so, just to kick off, uh, tell us a bit about yourself and, and your background. My background is, going right back, I grew up in a tiny little village in the middle of nowhere in deepest, darkest Somerset and spent my childhood wearing wellies and shorts, playing in streams, climbing trees, hanging out in a favourite place called Primrose Paradise, which sounds really stupid now. But it was just an idyllic childhood where we were just outside making daisy chains. Yeah, tree dens, house dens. We had one bus a week in the village, so that was the highlight going into into Bath um, to buy some records and stuff. But yeah, so that was where I sort of started out. Um... Long story short, I ended up living in Manchester doing a chemistry degree, which was a bit of a shock to the system, having never been in a big city really before. Um, Got a job working for Unilever under their graduate development scheme, Um, brand management, corporate, business suits, high heels, London agencies. I even bought some lipstick, complete fish out of water. Um, Did it for many years then did an MBA, started teaching people how to do marketing, strategy, sell stuff. And I think things came to a head when I realized that I was really kind of fish out of water. When I was running a workshop in Sao Paulo in Brazil for McCain Chips. And the objective was to teach South American women, well, it was teaching the marketing teams of all the South American McCain businesses how to write marketing plans to get South American women to stop buying fresh potatoes and start buying frozen packaged processed chips. (laughs) And I had one of those, what the bloody hell am I doing here moments. Um, I thought there's got to be a more sensible, enjoyable, useful way to spend my time and my energy. So in parallel to that, a few years earlier, uh, Neve, my daughter, had decided that we should keep bees. We were literally looking around the house. I've probably told you this story before, but we were looking around the house that we now live in, and Neve, who was nine at the time and very bored, saw a whole pile of honey jars, and she asked the owner, why have you got all them then? He said, because I have bees. And she said, and what do you do with them? And he said, I sell them. How much for? And he said, five pounds a jar. And she literally went, five, 10, 15, 20, 25. Blissfully quiet. And we got back to the house we were renting. And she said, I've spoken to Grandad Jim and I've asked him for a beehive for my birthday. <laughs> She'd even Google bee suits and smokers and things like that. Anyway, it I didn't take much to persuade me because I thought it was a brilliant idea. So my dad did buy her the beehive. And Neve and I went off on the beekeeping course and we started keeping bees and that was about nine nine years ago now she's just turned 19 so that was happening in the background I'd been obsessed with um ingredients of skincare for ages I mean I'm a chemist by background so I always always look at the ingredients of 
skincare products and I always have done. Um, and I think increasingly I was thinking, I don't like this stuff that you can buy. I don't like the ingredients it's got. I bet we could make stuff ourselves. So a bit of Googling, I bought a couple of really nice um, books. Uh, I enrolled in a herbal medicine course to learn how to do the pharmacy side of it. And we started making our own stuff. Um, we started off with lip balm and hand cells and people really liked them. So we started selling them and here we are. <laughs> Amazing. So it's that's cool. that's the, the potted history of potted history. Um quite yeah, quite a um interesting story, your your background and, yeah. and getting there and and I, I hear it so often, so many people that have kind of come from that corporate world and have just had an experience like that where they're just like yeah, yeah. it's a wake up. Yeah. And I'm just like, why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And don't get me wrong, you know, being in the corporate world is fun. I had loads of good times, met some great people and learned absolutely loads. But I think if you're not, I think we probably all, I think we probably at our roots have something that we really get passionate about and enjoy doing. And for me, it is being immersed in nature, um, seeing things grow, seeing the bees on the flowers. And it sounds really twee, but it's true. And I think I was trying to push that aside and be corporate and be, you know, who you were supposed to be. And I think actually it was, I think it, it, it it's quite a difficult thing to say, actually, this is not right for me. And I probably took more years to do it than I should have, but mm. I'm so glad mm. <laughs> that I realized that actually there was a, another thing that I could do with my life. And I'm so much happier now. Yeah. So it was it was Neve that really kind of ignited that entrepreneurial spark. Yeah, and yeah. actually she's a brilliant little entrepreneur. I mean, seriously, that it was genuinely that was a true story. I have not elaborated that at all. So um yeah, it was definitely her idea. Um and I'm so glad she had it because otherwise I'd have probably been there still selling crap skincare products working for Unilever. <laughs> the They're not crap, sorry, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Oh, well, and, and as, you know, it's, it's, it, it just shows that the roots of the business are in sustainability and that's really important yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and, you know, with your childhood experience and all of these things are kind of really baked into it around, around nature. So tell us about your kind of collaborations and partnerships and, and that aspect of Needs yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I suppose when we set up the business, there were, we had two main visions, I suppose. One to do with making really good products that people liked. And for me, that means genuinely natural products, not nature inspired or nature identical or nature synthetic, but truly natural products. And we can talk about my ethos for the product, for the ingredients at another point, maybe. But the other vision was. Uh, Corporate life is corporate life is all very well and businesses need to make money. You know, businesses sell things to make money. I buy that. That's fine. But there becomes a point where actually how much money? You need to be able to pay yourself to survive. So I think, you know, business owners should take money out of a business. But when it becomes that making more money becomes the sole purpose of a business, that to me is soul-destroying. Um, and I, I saw that in so many businesses where decisions were made based on how much money can we make? You know, how quickly can we grow? How much profit can we make rather than actually what we're we doing this for? And I think 
One of the things that I now feel really strongly about is that businesses can and should be a force for good. Um, and it, it sounds like a cliche that, but actually it's so much more rewarding when you get up in the morning and think, oh, you know what, I could actually do something useful here. So so we have, our, what we really want to stand for is to bring back those wildflower meadows. Um, there's a few stats around. I think it's something like 97% of all wildflower meadows have been destroyed since the 1970s. That's in my lifestyle. That's scary. Um, and you might say, oh, yeah, you know, they're only little dandelions and buttercups and what have you. Who cares? But actually, apart from the fact that our children and grandchildren won't have that lifestyle that I had, which I think is a really, really important and beautiful way to grow up. But from a very practical point of view, if we don't have wildflowers and flowering trees and shrubs, the bees, honeybees, bumblebees, solitary bees, buffs, butterflies, moths and butterflies, they, they can't survive. They, they need forage to survive. And again, I think the stats are a third of all the food we eat is pollinated by bees and insects. So if we destroy them, we have no food. So, you know, not only do I think the wildflowers are beautiful and help people's mental health being out in it, but actually it kind of helps our physical health as well. So that's our mission to sort of bring back the wildflowers. And I mean, we're a small business, really. Can we, can we do anything about that? But I think every little helps. So we do three things. 10% of the profits that we make, we plow back into wildlife charities. So we give money to the um, Oxfordshire Wildlife Trust and we give money to our local nature recovery network in Ensham, which is a fab charity. We're rewilding the verges. We're bringing back wildflower meadows. We're doing things like water vole surveys, hedgehog, hedgehog fences, all stuff to bring back the wildlife. So give money to charity. The other thing we do is that we're, throughout the growing season, with most orders on our website, we say above £12 because otherwise we'd really do lose money. Um, we give packs of native, traditional, bee-friendly wildflower seeds. So over the last year, um, each little pack grows about a metre squared. So we've grown about 500 metres squared of wildflower meadows. Um, so that's, I'm really proud about that. And the other thing we do is hopefully try to inspire people to look after their wildlife, uh, notice bees, don't pick the flowers, um, and just give interesting facts about the wildlife around us. Hopefully they're interesting anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you if you follow your Twitter and, and Instagram accounts, you regularly post kind of facts about bees and, yeah. and wildlife. And it is really interesting. And it, and it connects you. It, it's that link between the products and keeping the bees and wildlife. It, you get that holistic picture of how it's all connected, which absolutely. I think is really important. Yeah, good. Um, so you've talked about the kind of, you know, coming from that corporate world and that really kind of... Um, uh, that awakening, I suppose, yeah. of um, becoming, you know, wanting to do something for good, business for good. And obviously Neve's influence <laughs> <laughs> yes. taking on the bees. But in terms of um, business and 
kind of people that you see in the business landscape around you? Who who kind of influences you? Who, where do you find your inspiration? Yeah, that's a really good question. I thought about this because I knew you were going to ask me this question. And actually, <laughs> do you know, there is, I really don't like the whole celebrity culture thing. I don't, I don't revere anybody. I like to think I respect everybody and revere nobody. And I don't like this whole you know, ooh, that person's better than that person because they do that or what have you. And actually, I think the people that inspire me most are the people that take life by the short and curlies and just do what they think is right for them and right for the planet. And um, there's lots of lovely business owners that I could mention, but there's one chap in our village who always, whenever I have an interaction with him, I leave feeling great. Um, and his name's Raul and he is Colombian and he is a, he's done so many things. He ran a business in Colombia that went bust bankrupt, moved here with his family. And he now works for Farmability, which is a, a charity that gets disabled and disadvantaged people working in farms and teaches them how to work farms. He's also a farmer. He also does stuff on the Ensham Nature Recovery Network. Um, and he is very, very loud. Whenever you see him, just, oh, Julie, lovely to see you. <laughs> and, uh, He's just so positive about anything. Um, he reads this magazine called Positive News and he just sees the bright side of everything and has a real can-do attitude. And actually, I was thinking if there's anybody that I always feel inspired after I've had an interaction with him, it's him. Amazing. Yeah, he's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> he probably won't hear this. Well, well, it's good to. It's definitely good to have people in your life like that that just kind of pep you up and and keep you going. Um, so, in terms of um, your kind of typical day <laughs> working on knees bees, I know a typical day in small business land just doesn't really exist. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of what what are your kind of things that you you do on a on a weekly basis? What's what's the kind of like. Yeah. slice of life in, in the world of, of news bees. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first thing I would say is it's really fun running a small business. And if anyone's thinking of doing it, JFDR, you can work out what the F is. That was my motto when we first started out. Um, because you you just learn to do so much stuff. So throughout the week, Obviously, we do things that we need doing, like we sell now quite a lot online, so we package up all the online orders. Um, we make all the stock ourselves, so we normally have a day of production where we're making stuff. We've got loads of new products coming along. Um, one of the things that, that we wanted to do, Neve and I, when we first started Neve Speeds, was to be able to compete with all the skincare products out there on the market that are not natural and I don't think it's doing you any good. Um, so we've got a range of face products coming soon, which are really nice. And I'm, I have spent a long time over the past six months developing them, testing them with guinea pigs, tweaking the recipes, um, working out which ones we could launch now, which ones we can afford to launch now, which ones we'll launch later. Um, and we've also developed some natural deodorant, which... I've seen for ages and I thought it was rubbish and wouldn't work. And we bought some and we're like, actually, this stuff works. So we basically made our own. And it works, <laughs> she says, sniffing her armpit. <laughs> um, so during a week, we will we are constantly tweaking recipes and developing new products. Um, 
because we are trying to more and more put the business online, we're doing quite a lot of stuff on social media and writing blog posts and um, we work with a local PR lady called Kate from Coconut PR. Plug for Kate. She's brilliant. And she's helping us to get into magazines and things. And I'm actually being interviewed by a Women's Weekly magazine this afternoon. Not quite sure who that is yet. Um, so, yeah, lots of stuff on PR. Then we also, because we are a cosmetic business, there's also a fair amount of regulatory stuff. So we have to get safety assessments done on the products. Uh, we have to do whenever we manufacture, we have to have good manufacturing practice records, batch records, safety records, QA records. I'm starting to come out in hives. This is not my comfort zone. Um, and yeah, and then all the other stuff to do with finance, paying bills, buying raw ingredients, chasing up invoices. Um, we've just launched a new website. So I have been website designer. Um, again, slightly out of my comfort zone. Um, yeah, so lots of different exciting things that you get involved with. Lots of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And and that is a common theme through all of our kind of chats with, with indie business owners. Yeah. It's just that element of just getting on with it, trying things out, yeah. diving in. Yeah. Um, it's really, yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's the beauty of, of running a business, isn't it? Do you know one of the things, though, that somebody told me early on that actually was really good advice um, is work out what you're good at and do that and work out the stuff that you really are not good at. And if you can, pay someone to do that. Um, and that, I think that has been such good advice. So there's there's certain things that we have always outsourced. So I've worked with um, Nikki from Designs Like These right from the beginning, and she's done all the designs of the products. And I was actually working as still as a freelance trainer, working for the Department of International Trade, to get money to pay Nikki because I knew I couldn't, I could not do that. I am not a graphic designer. And we have Roger, our ITB. Um, and again, I've paid him from day one. So he does all the sort of techie computer stuff and does our MailChimp letters. And when I get an email from like one of the web hosting sites going, this needs to be done, I'm like, oh crap, Roger, this is for you. <laughs> so there's definitely some things that I know I just can't do and I will never learn to do. So that's really, I think, if you're thinking of running a business, work at what you can do well, do it. Work at what you can just about do, do it until you can afford to pay someone. Work at what you can't do and just find the money and pay them to do that because it'll save you so much headache and pain in the long run. That's really, really good advice. Um, so through lockdown, has that changed uh, how you run the company, how you're thinking about it going forwards? What's, yeah. what's the kind of impact of the last year been? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So when we first started out, I had this vision that we would be an online business. And that's because I I wanted to learn about online businesses. And I think giving service direct to a consumer is the best way that you can get the service that you want to deliver to the consumer. Um, but for various reasons, like having to make some money to start with, um, we went down various different routes to supply the products. So we, before lockdown, we did about a third of the business online, which is what I always wanted to do. 
about a third in sort of markets and shows and festivals and fairs and that kind of stuff, and about a third in retail. When lockdown started, we realised that we were going to have to change some things or just quit. And we nearly quit. And I just thought, actually, this is fun. This is fun. I'm enjoying what we're doing here. And we get really, really good feedback about the products. And I just thought, we've got something here. I don't want to stop this. So we basically threw everything at online. Um, we, um, we did some Facebook advertising. We worked with Becky from Digital Gearbox to do some Google ads and remarketing ads and search ads. Um, we did a lot more on social media. We wrote blogs, which actually, if anybody is looking at doing e-commerce type marketing, my top tip is blogs. <laughs> They're really, really powerful. Um, we set up a MailChimp and started gathering um, customers on our MailChimp list because we didn't have any before a year ago. We've now, it's about 1,100 now, so that's worked really well. Um, and we started our Wellflower promotions, the, the Wellflower Seeds promotion where you get pack if you buy over £12 online. And we just threw everything at it. And, okay, we were quite lucky because obviously everyone was buying stuff online, but the business has increased by fivefold. Um, and it, it's just been, it's clear that that is the way forward for us. So now that's why we developed the new website because it's far easier now to find stuff and to put it in your basket and to find other stuff. It's just a much, it's an e-commerce website. Whereas before it was just like a little website where you could buy stuff if you wanted to. Um, hopefully we haven't changed the feeling and the ethos of it. Um, and we, the wildflower seed promotions, I just love doing because now we get pictures of people saying, look, I've grown some flowers in my garden. And, uh, and that's just fab because that's what we want to achieve. Um, so yeah, it was really hard at the start, obviously for everybody. Um, but actually I think that's the, the thing that has been a positive for us is now having an online business, which I think is what I wanted to do in the first place. Hmm. So do you think you'll go back to doing events? So what we are, so we are, not, we are still doing some markets and fairs because I think they're fun. Um, and they're a really good way of getting market research directly from a customer. You know, a customer picks it up, tries it, likes it, doesn't like it. What we tend to do is to launch more products than we think we need and then see which ones customers really like and which ones they don't, and we just stop the ones that they don't like. It, it's the easiest way of doing market research, I think. And as long as we don't launch anything that we think is not good, then if if as long as we think it's okay, then customers will choose which one of the best ones. I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, and we do still want to work with um, local shops and um, local outlets that have the same ethos as us. I think one of the things that we found is that we were just selling to anybody who wanted to buy it. And I saw our products in some shops that I don't like. <laughs> and I think, you know, our products, we want them to be in shops that have our same values and are wanting to make customers feel great about themselves and give something back to the planet rather than just oh, here's something I could make a profit off. So actually, I think that losing all the retail business has now enabled us to be a bit more careful about the businesses that we now work with. 
Um, and actually, it's quite a difficult thing when you start a business to say, no, I'm not going to sell to you. No, I'm not going to take your money. But it's the right thing to do. And I'm glad we did it. And we carry on doing it. I turned someone down this morning um, very nicely and very politely, but I know that they're not right for us and we're probably not right for them. So, yeah. Mm. It's so it's so important. And I think being able to, I think that's the pandemic has allowed people to kind of step back and, and work on their businesses and think yeah. about that, that bigger picture. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, you know, still thinking local and who are the businesses that I want to collaborate with and yeah. work with and really underpin those really important messages I want to put out that are the core to the business vision and mission. Yeah. Um, so that's that's great. That's great to hear that you've managed to kind of really kind of galvanize that and um, and that's what's what's going to drive the business forwards. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of, you know, talking about local, um, what's what do you feel is great about having a business in Oxfordshire? So again, I, I thought quite hard about this question and I think there's Probably two things. So we're we're very much in West Oxfordshire rather than Oxford. So we're in Ensham. And uh, certainly for me, being in a rural environment just floats my boat. I, I look out the window, I see the flowers and the grass and the trees, and that brings me joy. So actually my location for me is really important. And having the bees on our property, we've got a, a wildflower meadow as well that we planted five acres of it right out, you know, right in our field. And that's just beautiful and I love it. Um, I also really enjoy being part of a community of a small town, big village. Um, and I think one of the lovely things about our village is that there's a real drive to rewild the, the village and its environment. So I feel like I'm with like-minded people. And I think being part of or close to Oxford I think in Oxford, again, there's quite a drive for sustainable businesses, local businesses, um, and it just seems that there's a bit of a culture towards that, which I really value, and they like our products. a <laughs> win-win. So I probably don't make the most of being in Oxford, and I do love coming in um, to the city centre um, when I when I come in, but I'm very happy to go out and sit in my field <laughs> yeah well that I mean it's the great thing about Oxfordshire is it's a lovely green county but yeah. also you know Oxford is a small city and yeah. there are lots of lots of green green spaces yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're very lucky we from, are for sure from that point of view definitely yeah. I've also I've also got into um wild swimming recently and we go with a lovely wild swimming group and just swimming down the Thames with the ducks and the swans and the willow trees over it is just magical just love it that's like a real hippie, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. Um, so we've we've kind of talked about uh, like some of the the negative things of of running a business, and you know that, that you're having to wear lots of hats. Mm. Uh, but that can often be um, the kind of positive side as Definitely. well. So, so what what would you say are your kind of favourite things about running your own business? I think it's I think it's just the feeling that you can do what you think is right you, you're you're your own boss of course you're your own boss um but I just love that freedom that comes with knowing that you can do what you think is right um now huh, I think one of the things that you soon realize when you're running small businesses you're not completely free you have to sell products your customers are ultimately your boss because if you don't sell something that they want to buy you don't have a business <laughs> But I think the flexibility of being 
true to yourself and true to the vision that you want to create, I think that to me is a really enjoyable and motivating thing to do. And actually, I'm totally unemployable now. I've been been doing this for too long. I don't think anyone would want to employ me because I just do what I think is the right thing to do. And that's great. And that's that's what it's all about. It's what running in India is all about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. So... So kind of, you know, you're what, nine years down down the road of these bees? Yeah, no, we've had the bees for about nine years. We've probably been running these bees for about four, three or four years properly. Um, but we'd been sort of playing around with things for about sort of seven or eight years. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely too long in the tooth now to go. Back to the- and what what's the have you got like one thing that you just think oh, I wish I'd known this before I started? Yeah, actually, there are, there are a few things actually, but one of do you know one of the key things? And we won the um, Blenheim startup competition. What was it three years ago? Which was great. Um, and even I went along and did our presentation, and it was fun. It was the most. It was a really really fun evening, and it was lovely to be um, awarded the winner with with Catherine Croxon, who is one of my good friends now as well um but what was really interesting is after we'd won that we got loads of people coming up to us saying oh i can now help you become investment ready you need to be investment ready you need to have your exit plan um you need to borrow money and i just thought well hang on a minute that that's not what i wanted to do and i initially felt a bit um sort of back-footed or wrong or stupid or just not, oh, God, I'm doing this all wrong. What am I doing? And it it took me about probably about six months to go, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Just because you're telling me I need to get investment doesn't mean I do. And actually, I, I know now a few businesses who did take investment. I'm not saying investment is wrong, don't get me wrong, but if you don't need it, don't take it. And we have grown slowly and i'm happy that we've grown slowly um but we have grown organically i mean organic in the business sense rather than the sustainable sense per se we have never taken a loan um i'm fortunate enough that i have some freelance work that i can so i initially paid nikki and roger through the freelance work that i was bringing in um but we're not beholden to any business angel or um you know, Dragon's Den-esque type situation. You know, we the business is ours. Um, I say ours, me, even Ross, my husband. Um, we do we do it all ourselves. We we don't have we'd never take an investment, and um, we've grown slowly. You know, there's there's nothing that says you have to take investment. You have to grow quickly. You have to do this. You have to have a business loan. You have to have an exit strategy. No, you don't. <laughs> You do what you want to do. It's your business. Um, and I and I really wish that somebody had said that to me at the start. You know, listen to these people, hear what they have to say, but it's okay to say, no, I don't want to do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. So I think if anyone's listening to this and you're being hounded by people saying, I'll help you get investment ready, you need investment, just say no. <laughs> That's really, really good advice. I think having the confidence to kind of know your own mind mm. and know that you know you want to it's it's your own journey it's your own experience and just being able to kind of say nope that's not for me yeah it's it's it's, it's so important yeah. um that's yeah really really good point so in terms of the future for for Neves bees yeah. what's what's on the horizon yeah yeah well 
On the immediate horizon, we wanted to create a range of products that compete with the high street products, but that are completely natural. And there was obviously some big gaps in the portfolio of products we had at the outset because we had to start somewhere. Um, and having facial skincare was one of the products that I really wanted to do because many product, most products in the market are mainly water. And if it, you're obviously therefore shipping water around, which is not great for sustainability. Um, if a product contains water, and I'm talking about 50 to 80% water most skincare contains, um, it has to have the preservatives and emulsifiers in it. And those are increasingly being proven not to be good for your skin. You're basically killing all the natural bugs on your skin. Um, so one of the products that we have wanted to make for ages is facial skincare. And that I have literally just put the licenses in for that yesterday. So watch this space. I really want to do that. Um, we've got some really exciting gift products coming out for Christmas because I think the gifting market is um, an interesting place to be. And one of our things is that we we always write handwritten notes, sending people happy vibes with each order. So we have little happy vibes cards that go out with each order. And I, I really like um, I really like being able to give people the opportunity to give a gift that isn't just for a birthday. It's Christmas. I have to give Auntie Joan something. Oh, joy. No, if you want to go and tell somebody you're thinking about them, just buy them a gift. I don't care if you buy it from me or somewhere else, but it's far nicer just to give somebody a surprise, you know, gift of kindness. So um, so we're making lots of gifts that people can um, send, send, send to people. Um, the other exciting thing for me that's happening is that my husband, Ross, um, has had a corporate career and has also done the, you know what, I've had enough of this and is stepping back. He's got some freelance work, but he's going to spend hopefully a day or two a week working on Neves Bees. And his background is operations, factories, regulation, legislation, all the stuff that brings me out. Um, again, I've getting goosebumps. Just think about it. I can't bear that stuff. So I think between him and I... And obviously with Neve helping out um, in the holidays and from afar, she's now at uni, I think we'll be able to really have some fun with the business and really do some do some nice stuff with it. And I won't have to do all that regulatory stuff anymore, Ray. <laughs> that's, that's great to hear. And it's so nice to hear you say, have fun with the business. I think that people so often forget that, you know, we do this because we want to have a, you know, a good way of life, a good balance of Absolutely. life. And, you know, it should yeah. all be about having fun with it. And I think one of the really important things that certainly we as a family and I suspect many people have realised during lockdown is that money is, okay, money is a necessary evil. You need money. You've got to pay your bills. But actually, I get probably more joy from jumping in the river with a group of friends and then drinking a flask of tea and eating cake afterwards, going for a really long walk in the countryside, sitting in the garden with a bottle of wine by a bonfire, um, far more fun than going to a really fancy restaurant or a really fancy night out or buying new clothes. Or So I think the amount of money that we've spent during lockdown has just plummeted. And I think we've all thought in our family, hang on a minute, why are we working this hard to do this stuff that we didn't really want to do? We could have a so much more enjoyable life so I think that Neves Bees 
We never want it to be a big business and sell it out. That's not what we want to do. Um, we want it to be enough that we can we can all earn enough to buy the wine to go and sit by a bonfire and buy a spare swimming costume so I don't have to wear a wet one when I swim in the Thames. <laughs> and that's that's kind of our our aim for the for the future. And I think you know it's a I'm very happy that I've come to that realization. Oh, amazing. Well, it's a really inspiring story um, and really great to hear the kind of background to these bees. So um, just before we go, where can people find you online? Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Little plug. Love that. Um, so our new website, which has just gone online, is www.nevesbees.co.uk. Um, we are on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter, and it's at Neves Bees, again, N-E-V-E-S. And hopefully you'll find some interesting um, bee facts and facts about flowers and lots of pictures of bees on flowers because I'm a little bit obsessed with that. But And if anyone wants to know anything about bees or if you've got a question, then, you know, put something on our social. I'm pretty good at answering it and I will wrap it on for hours if you want me to <laughs> answer your question as succinctly as possible. So, yeah. Well, I hope people found that of interest. Great. Awesome. Be facts. Be facts. Julie. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Julie. Great to speak to you today. Thanks, Rosie. You've been listening to the Infinite Oxford podcast, sponsored by Story94. You can find out more about our community at independentoxford.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please do rate, review and subscribe to help more people hear indie stories from across Oxfordshire. Bye for now.